Hey guys, this is Table Talks with the Tories, an inside look at the everyday conversations we have on our couch at our table. <laughs> I'm Ash. I'm MJ. <laughs> yeah, and today we are taking some time to unpack how to live multi generationally. How to live with another adult. A whole adult. A whole adult. <laughs> In your house under one roof. That's right. So we've been living with Grant for the past three years. Yep. Good old Grand. More like she's been living with us. She, yeah, she lives with us. Yeah. My house, my rules. We permit. That's right. We allow her. <laughs> we'll see if we'll take her with us. Right. <laughs> she better be on her best behavior. So, yeah, we just look at how that experience has been for us. Challenges and benefits to multi-generational living. Yeah. And then all throughout, just unpack, like, why? Why the heck would you want to do this? So if you're intrigued, you've come to the right place. Because this is how we live multi-generationally. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Runk and Pratt. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just Senior kidding. living communities. I'm just kidding. No sponsors in this episode, but hope you enjoy. <laughs> All right, dear. So let's talk about it. This is probably one of the most unique aspects of our family relative to people in our age mm-hmm. or people around us that we run into. Like it's almost like a party trick because yeah. of how maybe uncommon it is. And so we want to talk about how we have experienced living multi-generationally mm-hmm. and what is living multi-generationally mean and how that experience has been for us and a couple of maybe ticks ticks and trips tricks and tips <laughs> on how to succeed or advice i'll take that too right <laughs> and so um why don't we start with like what are we talking about here and what does that mean specifically for our family context yeah well my 77 year old graham lives with us there it is there you have it She's here. We got basement Graham. Right. As Evie affectionately calls her. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot she calls her that. (sighs) And it's funny because we have people that come over to our house Saturdays typically. And several of them Mm -hmm. have not met Graham. Right. So she seems like this mysterious leprechaun Mm -hmm. that is stashed away. And from time to time, she makes an appearance. Yep. If you're if you're lucky enough to be around us at when she time. comes up at that time. You're in for a treat. Right. It's like entering the Holy of Holies. <laughs> Except for the priest comes out instead of you enter going in. Yeah. Yeah, so the arrangement is that there's this wild spiral staircase in our house yeah. that connects her space to our space. It kind of looks like you're going down into Narnia. I'm not going to lie. And yeah, I mean, you could hang a coat rack in front of that closet and have the <laughs> staircase hidden behind it. Is she the witch? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. <laughs> I think. So, no. And so, you know, she has her own bedroom, bathroom, yeah. living area and kitchen area, which also has a laundry hookup. So. She has everything that she needs and she's in her own space. Yeah. And she also has exterior entrances and exits as well to go in and out of her space. So I think as we talk about this, 
the way that this arrangement has come to be has been possible largely because of how this how much space separation. Has become, yeah, yeah. accommodated the separation. Yeah. And it basically is essentially two separate living situations in under one yeah. roof. Yeah. And I think for her, like you said, she's able to do everything that she needs to do mm-hmm. in her quote unquote space. Yep. So that's really helpful for her. And that's has been a critical ingredient in allowing us to be able to continue living together. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we're going to get into talking about what this could look like in the new place, but it is a logistical nightmare yeah. to figure out how to make this work right. because I do feel like, you know, we have had such a just really ideal setup yeah. with sep- enough separation that it really is just work. It's manageable, you know, right. where, you know, if she, if you're living with other people in the same space, that makes this a lot more complicated. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a logistical uh, exercise for sure to try to figure out how to make this work in in a way that's as close to what she currently has and, and us as well, honestly. Yeah. So, And I think what's interesting, too, is because I don't even know what all went into us wanting to have grandma live with us. Yeah. But what I think is interesting is that it's a lot less common, it seems like, yes. than it used to be. Yeah. A lot less common than maybe even 50 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, we started out in our marriage with the whole, it's you and me, baby, you know, we're going to conquer the world. And we're, you know, nine hours from your family by plane, Yep. nine to 10 hours from my family by car. Yep. And we're like, you know, this is going to be. This is going to be great. You know, we're going to do our thing. Da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden we started talking about having kids. And that really changes things when you have isolated yourself from family. Yeah. And so, you know, all of a sudden then you're in a situation where you really, at least for us, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but like we needed help. Right. And yeah, you can get babysitters, but you're going to have to pay for that. And when it's your family, it's not it, when it's a babysitter it's like a one-sided kind of transaction it's very transactional you know and and they're amazing i mean we have amazing people who have watched our children so that's not to say that you can't make it work or that you can't find people who are just so willing to be helpful and and love your kids you know but when it's family like it's a win for them too like they get to spend time with their grandkids you yeah. know what i mean and so it's just different. It's a, it's really different. And so, you know, we were pregnant with Evie and this was, you know, we were going to have her right at the beginning of 2020. Of course, this is before we realized we were about to go through a pandemic, but Graham had started having those conversations with us of, Mm -hmm. I want to be there to help you guys. It's Mm -hmm. like, she knew we needed help, you know? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. we're like, Oh yeah, let's think about it. And then we really kind of moved forward with this idea that she was going to like be with us and she yeah, or at the very least buy a house that could accommodate for her. Right. Yeah. I mean, we purchased this house with her, her in mind. mind for sure. And so man, what a lifesaver that was because, you know, we get into this house 
I think we moved in Thanksgiving weekend. She moved in a couple weeks later. So we barely had any time in this house, just the two of us before Mm -hmm. she was here. And she helped us do things that needed to be done to get it to the place that needed to be for us to have a baby, you know, and, um, and feel comfortable in the house. And then the whole world shut down and we were completely isolated. And so I think in so many ways, I think the Lord was really looking out for us in that time because she was incredibly, though living with another adult is always challenging. Yep. She became a lifeline in that time to us for sure. It's interesting how, cause it's, I don't think we're unique in that we suddenly become when when we became expectant parents we mm-hmm. suddenly saw the benefit of having extended family in close proximity yes we've seen that all around us yes. where grandparents or soon-to-be grandparents move closer to their soon-to-be grandkids yeah or or vice versa yeah after a, they have kids they're like oh, we're moving back right home. <laughs> yeah. and there's this yeah. pull where people would be where otherwise it's not be the case they'd be they're willing to move across country to right. be cl- closer to family or have or other family members are more willing to yeah you know like that that tie which to me is like the the realization that you're part of a family line becomes so evident when you have a generation be- behind you and a generation in front of you yeah and that happens really clearly when you become mom and dad yeah for sure and you just don't think about that that like if you want to spend any amount of time with your spouse on a date night, like you are going to have to get a babysitter. And it's one thing to be like, oh, yeah, we'll just get a babysitter. It's another thing to be like, you, th- when you have your child, you feel a lot differently about <laughs> somebody else watching your child, right. you know? And so there's that piece. But also, you know, think about anniversaries or things like that. You're going to take an overnight anywhere ever again. Who, what babysitter is going to, you know, stay at your house? And thankfully, we have had people who have been willing to do that. But that's a big ask mm-hmm. of a babysitter. Whereas if you have family, you know, you can drop your kids off. You can go on a trip. You're kind of limited if you don't have family nearby. And you For just sure. don't think about that before you're in that situation. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, like, can we ever go on a date again? Like, can we ever do an overnight anywhere ever again? Can we ever go someplace for anniversary again? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this part of our story that's a little bit less common is yeah, proximity is common where there's that draw Mm -hmm. to become, to get closer, live in the same city, maybe live even in the same neighborhood but we w- took it another step and it's like, you're going to live in my house. Yeah. And we're going to live together. And that is way less common. Right. I would feel yeah. like it just seems like yeah. based on our super tiny data set. Yeah. That having an actual extended family member, full fledged adult living with you, mm-hmm. participating in your regular family rhythms. Yeah. Is something that we partially wanted to do, partially stumbled across or partially found ourselves doing yeah and it comes with benefits it comes with challenges Mm -hmm. but net everything to me it has been so good for us if you balance all of it out because of you know okay there's the logistical benefits on the child care side but then there's these other aspects that we might not even tangibly experience or feel that will positively benefit our children yeah for sure yeah in the future yeah it's really special that our Evie, especially, 
you know, she has a relationship with her great grandmother. Yeah. How many people can say that they even know their great grandparents, you know? Right. And so the fact that she's gotten to spend so much time with Graham, you know, she's very close to her. And so that's special Mm -hmm. that our kids have that. And vice versa too. Yeah. For Graham to be able to like watch these kids grow up. Yeah. I think it's good for her health for sure. Yeah. Just longevity. Keeps her young. Yeah. Because she has to chase after our kids. Yeah. The other thing that I've been just a little bit more curious about too, ever since becoming a dad, has been, you know, what were the things that you, Graham, like experienced growing up? And and having the access to her allows us to understand the experiences she had as a kid. And, you know, like it's, it's just natural for somebody to like look at something that one maybe one of our sh- kids are is doing and to relate it back to their own experience mm-hmm. and for us to be able to just see like man things life was so different for her yeah and she is on the timeline of our family line mm-hmm. and the things she had to do in order to get you know eventually evie and our kids to be where they're at yeah has been something that's just been super fascinating to me for both sides of our family mm-hmm And the fact that she's just right there and she talks about how, you know, (laughs) like just the things that were common around her age and her living situation and the things that were like the day to day over, you know, back in Mm -hmm. when she was young and and growing up and the family dynamics she grew up in Mm -hmm. has just been super fascinating to unpack. And I don't think that would be as easily accessible if she didn't live with us live with us yeah for sure and so the ability to just also instill in our kids that you know hopefully someday this lesson we can teach them that they're not generation zero yeah and that they are where they're at in part due to what graham had to do and then your mom had to do Mm -hmm. and then you had to do Mm -hmm. and and our kids get to reap the benefits of that and I, I'm definitely stealing this thought from, you know, Jeremy Pryor, who's been kind of influential for me in shaping this idea of rather than l- raising independent individuals that you are responsible for until age 18 and then you kick him out of the mm-hmm. house. His challenge is what would it look like instead of that to build multi-generational family teams that are on mission? And so some of these themes we've like weaved into our family identity and what it means to for for us to have a family mission what it means for us to have multi-generational uh living situations and accommodations and really experimenting really for for Mm -hmm. the lack of a better term what that could look like for us Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's been generally again it comes with pros and cons and I think we we should unpack some of that too. Mm-hmm. But it's been beneficial, not only, like I said, again, on the uh, logistical help that you have another adult in the house, but also some of these intergenerational stories and traditions that you can not only learn from, but also pass on. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about maybe some of those p- pros and cons, or is it too early to, to get into that? Um, maybe more of like, what are some of the things that you wish you could have told your 2019 self going into this arrangement 
<laughs> of living with another adult in your house. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's been easy. You no. know, it's certainly not. And it does require a willingness to come to compromise on a lot of things that, you know, I would normally want my way because it's my yeah. house. <laughs> I think it does help the situation when that the person is living in your like on your turf. Yeah. As opposed to if we moved in to Graham's house. Yeah. yeah. I think that makes it a little harder because then you're having to navigate with different rules. You know what I right. mean? Um, or play by different rules. Whereas yeah. when it's our house, it's easier for us to kind of drive mm-hmm. the overall environment, mm-hmm. you know, and how, I guess, our expectations of how we want her to operate within that, you know. And yeah. so I think a pro has been that I have learned a lot about my family. Yeah. It's been very revealing to me about my, some even just some of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, because my Graham did watch me a lot when I was a child. And so, you know, it's been interesting to kind of reframe things now through the eyes of an adult. And also, you know, I'm a, a mom. Yeah. yeah. And so I just see things differently now. And, but also definitely from my relationship with my mom and just understanding how yeah. she was brought up. It's right. been very... I guess clarifying in that. Yeah, time. revealing. Yeah. It also just like it, it gives me a lot of compassion for my <laughs> honestly. Um yeah. so yeah, in that sense it's been really I think helpful to yeah. me to just know and even just hear stories about my family members mm-hmm. through Graham, you mm-hmm. know, and her experiences with you know, her upbringing and so mm-hmm. it's just been really fascinating to learn those things and I think Something that's been a challenge has been just aligning expectations. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that too. Yeah. Because the, like the living on mission part, mm-hmm. yeah, when you hear that, great it, in theory. exactly. It's it super sound, messy in reality. Right. It sounds yeah. great in theory. And then it also like kind of sounds cheesy too mm. of like, oh, we're just on mission. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. And in some ways it really just means that it is not uncommon when there are three adults living in a house to have three different expectations when they are looking at something. Yeah. So let's take a really simple example of the, the front flower beds of the front of the front part of the house. Mm-hmm. You and I are, are looking at it and we have like a vision of what that could look like. Graham's looking at it and she also has a vision of what that could look like. And so this sense of like being on mission to me is that the expectations are like we're headed in the same direction. Like what we're looking at is the same. And so with that comes the requirement for us. Like we probably over communicate compared to a family that doesn't have extended family in their house. Yeah. Because we have to, we have to. Yeah. And that's, that's required. And maybe it's not even over communicating, but it's really just raising the level of communication to point where expectations are communicated yeah right so it might it might not even be like oh we're over communicating here no it might seem to somebody on the outside that we're over communicating but it really just means that we need to all have on the table what we expect for a certain you know like i said back to the flower bed project house project Maybe even, even just like just disciplining our children, disciplining our yeah, children, yeah. 
what a day needs to look like, yeah. who's got what doctor's Agenda. appointment when, yep. Yep. things that. like that. And, and so that can seem so much more painful or slow, like inefficient. Um, and that could be seen as a challenge yeah to like and it definitely is a challenge because you and i could just text each other and be like hey i've got this appointment this and that going on we're done yeah whereas having to fold graham into like graham this is what we're gonna have for dinner or graham this is the appointment can you you know watch the kids during this time there's just that extra other layer that you have or step that you have to take in order to make sure that we all know like somebody needs to be at at the house and things like that yeah and I think that can also be flipped, like that challenge of having to overcommunicate can also be flipped to a benefit where, you know, you've experienced and you've told me too, like, man, when Graham and I are on the same page any given day, it's actually really, really helpful. Yeah, she's, she, yeah, you do have to be very clear. Yeah. But, and, and that's something I am thankful about this situation in Graham in general is that, you know, she, I mean, she's a New Yorker through and through. Yep. So she'll tell you everything she's thinking with no filter whatsoever. Yeah. But she's clear. She's direct. And so, and you can meet her with that level of, of directness of directness as well. And so if I'm clear with what I need or what I want in a given situation, yep. she is very good about just doing it, like meeting the need, you know, yeah. when she knows what it is, if she's thinking about it on her own, her ideas of what the need, you know, what the needs are, are just totally on the opposite end of the spectrum from mine. (laughs) So as long as there's clarity and she knows she will be helpful, but it's just taken us a while to kind of work through the messiness of that, you know, having to clear things up. So I think something that we started doing with her (laughs) that lasted for a while, I think at least a year and a half, maybe we, it's not as relevant, I feel like, at this, in this season, but we used to have like a morning meeting before you went to work. Yeah. Where, you know, we all sat down together and kind of just, I don't even, I mean, we didn't even make it formal. I don't even think Graham knew what was going on, but she just knew, you know, she'd come up at this time and yep. we'd sit and we'd talk for like five minutes and then we'd pray and then forward. we'd part. Yeah. But, you know, we used that time to really kind of draw out of her, hey, what are your plans for the day? Right. She loves to like spring plans on you. And then you're like, yeah, your whole day is hijacked by, you know, what she had in her mind to do. And so getting that out of her mind mm-hmm. was a really helpful way to kind of know, OK, what does she expect the day to look like? What are the things that she needs? To, does she need to go grocery shopping? You know, does she need, you know, something that she hasn't communicated? And so we could kind of draw that out of her or, you know, she wanted to tackle some house project. She just yeah. had it in her mind to all manner you know the whole night to think about how she was going to do it and she hasn't even had the conversation with us about whether or not we want it to yeah. get done you know so getting that out and like you said on the table was really i feel like effective right for kind of mitigating some of those conflicts it also needed it helped us force ourselves to communicate mm-hmm. and so that expectation to have that meeting every morning led us to a place where we could actually I think now, you know, she comes upstairs later. Mm-hmm. I'm already at work yeah. at this time. And, and just with everything shifting a little bit with what she can do right. and what would be actually be helpful for the kids. 
um, the time aspect has kind of slipped away from us. But I think what we picked up in the meantime too was that, you know, and obviously you tell me if this is the case, but she has become a little bit more aware that she needs to communicate Yeah. if something is coming up for her Yeah. and vice versa. And so it doesn't need to be this like more formal yeah. thing anymore. Yeah. But because we've done it for so long, she knows like, Hey, if this is something that will impact, you know, you and I, yeah. she'll need to say it or right. the other way around. Yeah. Or Maybe she's at least a day's notice. Yeah. Yeah. She's a, she's got a day's notice and I've seen her become more flexible too. Yeah. Where, you know, she just knows the rhythms of our family yeah. and I've, I've just noticed over the last couple of months or, you know, since Judah's been born or whatnot, that there's a level of flexibility in her. I had not seen prior to mm-hmm. where there's an openness to like new to doing something different or to just to completely changing up the schedule altogether. Yeah. And I think Graham, I think 2020 Graham, that would have thrown her off yeah for sure but now you know since we've gotten enough reps in where like the point of the meeting wasn't the meeting itself right it was for us to get to a place where the three of us are just communicating and and setting rhythms as a family which at this point three years after or you know over three years after however long we've done this it's now running relatively smoothly to the extent that we know what yeah the day-to-day is mm-hmm. graham knows what her days off are yeah and we have that expectation you know, like just those things and again you're the one who actually interacts with her i'm already at work by the time she comes upstairs yeah so tell me if i'm wrong in that but that's how i feel like it's yeah it's funny how she has like integrated into our right systems and i just didn't think that that was going to happen i thought it would just take i don't know and granted, it's been three years, so it has taken years, three years. Yeah. to get there. But I just, I, I didn't, honestly, when we were entertaining this, it was kind of like, this can either be a really good thing or it's just not going to be a really good thing. And, you know, you hope for the best, yep. but you also don't want to hurt family relationships, you know, so, or strain them. And so it was kind of a gamble. Yeah. And it just really has worked out. I think for all of all three of us to mm-hmm. where, you know, she wants to move with us. We're moving. She wants to come with us. And so yeah. I'd like to for take better, that for worse. Yeah, as a sign that she at least feels comfortable with us, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's been really interesting to see how another person could be integrated into mm-hmm. kind of just how we operate. Right. And, and now I, it's like how she operates too. Yeah. And what I just think is so strange and or not maybe strange as as much as it is just interesting to me is that this seems like a new idea but like maybe a hundred years ago it was not yeah that it was commonplace and there's maybe a hyper not maybe there is a hyper individualized cultural pulse that we feel all around us Mm -hmm. that conflicts with all of these things that we're doing yeah or what we're trying to do as a family and so the concept of having to share spaces with another individual and over communicate and learn how to compromise just really rubs wrong with this concept of like you are your own person yeah you do you you do you and you know we're just trying to see what it was like 
well, I don't really know what we're trying to see as much as it is. That just doesn't seem right to me. <laughs> and yeah, I think there are a lot of things that you're risking by yeah. operating in that mindset. And it's not as evident maybe in your 20s or maybe, I don't know, in your 30s. But you get older than that and then you realize like you're living Mm-hmm. an isolated life i think really what impacted us with was that like movie avalon that we watched yeah remember that really old movie yeah kind of slow moving but it's like kind of hits you with the reality of this is what a life looks like when you come to the end of it and you've you've done your own thing you've paved your own way apart from your family and now you get to the point where you need to be taken care of and right. there's nobody there Right. You got nobody. You're you're by yourself. That was a really sobering thing to watch mm-hmm. and to realize that, you know, that's the stage of life where Graham is. Yeah. And when I get to that point, like nobody wants to lose their independence. It's not like I want people to have to take care of me, but I want to be with family right. at the end of my life. Like I want to die with my family. You know, like you just you think about these Think you think that those things will just be automatic, but you have to spend years investing in that in order to get to that point and have it at that time, mm-hmm. or else you're going to be by yourself on your own, and that's like a really nobody thinks about that in their twenties or their thirties, right. you know. Yeah, so you know we'll maybe check back into this conversation a couple of years from now, yeah, and and see where things are at. But it, you know that's that's been our experience and in terms of just like what this experiment of multi-generational living has been for us. Um, but yeah, I think, like I said, it's it's hopefully going to, we're going to hopefully look back to this time when, when all is said and done and just realize that like we benefited from it. Hopefully Graham benefited from it as well. Mm-hmm. And that having her in close proximity and then maybe even in the future, you know, to continually want to or advocate for having relatives, extended family, if not nearby, like living with you mm-hmm. and just, you know, figuring out what that's like um, would, would hopefully be something that we will continually try to strive for. Um, you know, Graham's 77, so yeah, she's not going to live forever. Right. And so it's just one of those things too, like you just, you just realize like not only like the importance of family, but like also the brevity of life yes. generally yes. and how, you know, she, you would want her to live in close proximity to her family and her, her son years. in her final years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You don't want her. I was going to call it alone. sunset years, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just that again, like we're, we're really just still gambling, but making a bet in confidence of, this being a net benefit to our family and generations after us yep let the chips fall where they may (laughs) well you know you know what i'm trying to say well hey guys thanks for listening to this episode of table talks with the tares we'd love to hear from you and if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about visit honors underscore dot com slash table talks to let us know and if this episode was helpful to you be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend we really appreciate your support All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.